Hey, before we dive in, I just want to talk to you about something. You know, I hired an intern during this pandemic, and it was really hard to find a quality intern. I had to talk to a ton of different schools. I had to apply to all these different programs. Each school has a different program that you have to apply for. I had to interview a ton of candidates. It was really hard. And eventually, I found a great intern. Shout out to Kaylee Raglan, who's been crushing it for me. But listen to me, ZipRecruiter makes this task a lot easier. First of all, they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job sites, which I I didn't even know there were a hundred, but listen to me, this is all true. And they don't stop there. With the power of matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So listen to me, if you're looking to hire someone in this hard time, don't waste your time recruiting people. Go to ZipRecruiter.com and get the job done there. Okay, I'm done talking. I've talked long enough. Let's dive in. Here we go. Episode 37, Teddy Robb. Here we go. He's got a brand new song out on country radio right now, Heaven on Dirt. You got to check this song out. This is that kind of country song that's like you're driving down the highway, pickup truck, windows down, wind blowing in your hair, dog sticking his face out the window. This is that kind of country song. You know what I'm talking about. And listen to me, Teddy's story about how he came up in the industry. This is an interesting story. I learned about it on on this call. And this is not like your traditional country story, Nashville star story. This guy spent like a year in Colorado perfecting his craft. I mean, this dude is as country as it comes, and he's doing things his way, the Teddy Robb way. So look, I don't want to give too much of this away. Let's just dive in. This, This is a great conversation. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Here we go. Episode 37, Teddy Robb. Let's dive in. Teddy. Hey. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Look at this place you got here. This is unbelievable. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, you know, we, we've done so many, you know, like I pretty much did my radio tour this year from this spot. So just wanted to get a few things up there that represent me, you know, got fish and Velvet Elvis, Glenn Campbell. John Prine, a few things. How, yeah. How great is that? I, and I, I love this um, this throw over you've got on the couch over here. I know, man. I don't even know where I got this, but I'm glad I have it. Let me see that telly, by the way. Is that a telly right there? Yeah, this is a Look at uh, that. T- T-52, man, a Nash guitar. Look at that. That thing's gorgeous. I've, uh, I, I actually woke up the other day feeling like I've, I've really had this in my hands a lot lately, which was a good feeling. So this has kind of been my, my little workstation that I, you know, I, I write from right here. I've done a lot from this spot in the, over the last, you know, four or five months. Are you more of an, like when you're sitting down to pick out a tune, maybe write a little something, play a little something, or will you pick up an electric guitar or are you more of an acoustic guy? Well, it's gone both right there. Like Look at this. this. As well, so it's uh, you know a lot of times in the mornings lately, I've been I've been shedding on the electric more than acoustic. But when I'm writing, it usually makes more sense to play acoustic. Or if I'm doing any of the other stuff, I'm doing a lot on acoustic. But my dream was to be an electric guitar player. I happened to 
my voice was just, it was always easier for me to get that going. So I have, I put a hundred times more effort into guitar than I do vocals, but that's just what I, you know, my, my voice is kind of what has gotten me here. So. I always joke that if people saw how much time I actually spent playing the guitar, trying to become a good guitar player, they would, however good they think I am, they would think I was 10 times worse. If they saw how much time I actually spent on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the beauty of it for me. It's something that I've just put hours and hours and hours and, I, and there's still so much to learn. And there's a lot of rooms I wouldn't even call myself a guitar player in, so. Who do you like when you're trying to learn something on guitar? Are you, do you play along to a record? Are there certain guys you really like you try to emulate? Like, like what do you try doing when you try to get better on the instrument? Man, a, kind of a cool thing that's happened for me is, uh, is Derek Wells plays almost all the solos and electric parts on my records. And that was kind of a, you know, like to get, like nailing all his solos that he's played on my songs has been a really good tool. I'm like, I'm kind of learning how, not that I can play like Derek, but I'm learning what he kind of does through learning the solos on my record. And then, you know, beyond that, I, I go to like, you know, Joe Walsh and, you know, any, anything that, that's the Eagles. I love sitting down and learning that stuff. Um, yeah, Those yeah. Eagles records, you can always pull stuff out of. You can sit down and you can always find a lick or something that, you, that you've never pulled before, even on songs you've played a million times. So how does this work when you go into the studio with someone like Derek Wells? Like, does he just does he just rip something and it's basically good the first time or do you say like do you kind of coach him a little bit or like how like when, he, when he's laying down a solo how how's how's that process work well the the first thing i always think with those guys is to just let them run let them do their thing and it's probably going to be cooler than anything i could tell them to do and uh you know in the words of uh tony brown sometimes i'll just say hey say play something i like and they'll do it, you know, it's like, play me something I'm going to like. And then they just, they'll, they'll uh, throw something out that just kind of blows my mind. And do you ever, do you ever, does it ever, do you coach them past that? Like they do a first take and you tell them, hey, can we do, or do they usually just absolutely nail it? Man, I had a thing that I was teaching Ilya uh, to yeah. play, who's up for one of the guitar players of the year. So Ilya and Derek are both incredible and they, they play on my stuff and, I was teaching him how to do a guitar part that I wanted on one of my songs, which it was just unbelievable to see this thing that I've worked on for hours and hours and hours to try and learn how to play and so that I can do it. And then I showed it to him in within two minutes, he's playing it, but playing it way better than I could play it. So you heard this part like in your head, like you said, wow, it would be cool if this part was on, you sat down and you really tried to figure out what this part was. No. And he picks it up in, in two minutes and goes, great, done. Perfect, yeah. They're, that's how good those guys are. They're, they're the best of the best, man. Unbelievable. Okay, so I'm really fascinated by this year of your life that you spent in Colorado. I mean, you talk about this a lot, but here's why I'm kind of fascinated about this. When I moved to Nashville, you couldn't claw me away from this city. I, I was afraid to go home for a weekend to visit my family because I was going to have FOMO. I, I still feel that way. Even in a pandemic sometimes, I was gone for six months. And I couldn't wait to come back even though everything was shut down. You could not claw me away from this place. You're here for a year, which in the lifespan of an artist is relatively not that long. And you decide you're going to leave Nashville and go to Colorado for a year. 
I mean, you had no feelings of FOMO. No, like, you weren't going to, your friends weren't going to get ahead. You were like, this is cool. I'm going to Colorado for a year. Man, I definitely had those moments where I just knew every moment that I could be in Nashville was useful. But uh, so when I was here for the first year, I played on Broadway. So I was playing at, you know, Rippies and Tootsies and Honky Talk Central and, you know, and then eventually kind of all up and down that street. And I knew I didn't want to do that forever. So, you know, while I was trying to build relationships to break into Music Row, you know, I was down on that, that street every day. And I told myself, I'm like, if I'm not off this off here in a year, I'm going to just do something completely, you know, I'm different. Like I kind of gave myself one year to learn how to get on stage, hold a crowd for four hours. Cause that's kind of what they're, they're having to do down there. And if you, you know, if you lose the crowd, there's 50 other bars that they can go to. So I'd been down there just about a year when the opportunity to move out to Colorado came and I was just young enough and, you know, and dumb enough to do it. And so I moved out there uh, just on a whim, knowing that I'm like, you know what, I did Broadway for a year and I didn't have anything going on Music Row. Like I didn't go to Belmont. I didn't know anyone when I moved to town. And, you know, I had no connections to a record label, like getting a meeting with a record label at that time seemed impossible. Like I, I just didn't have any clue how I could, you know, meet a guy like Shane or, you know, whoever the head of a, a label is. And so I just, you know, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I moved out to Colorado and I started meeting a really cool group of people when I was out there, just different people coming through town. And, you know, uh, I had one of those moments that I, I'll look back and it was, it was such a green light. I just, uh, I just finished reading Matthew McConaughey's book and it's all about green lights. So I had a moment in, uh, Peppy's in Vail, Colorado, where I gave up my table to a group of guys who eventually bought me a beer, who one of them happened to be the CMO of the Grammy Awards. And this was when I was in Colorado. And I threw some demos his way through an email. And he goes, I don't know what I can do for you, but maybe I can help connect you. He connected me back to Nashville, where I eventually met a producer named Ben Fowler, who set me up my meeting with Monument Records. So, I mean, yeah, it seemed crazy to go out there and leave Nashville, especially because I do get that feeling of like, and one of the things I've had to learn through the pandemic is that I need to spend more time with my family. And if I miss a show or if I miss a night in Nashville, everything's going to be okay. I've learned that this year and uh, I'm definitely going to spend more time at home and all that. But had I not gone to Colorado, I don't know what would have happened. Does that, cause I know you're a big George Strait fan. Right, you, I've heard you say the Troubadour was had a, had a big impact on you that song, and I don't know what it is about George Strait because he's it's Texas country, but George Strait to me it feels like Colorado in a song. I don't know what that is, but there's something about a George Strait song that reminds me of Colorado. And you're out, I mean, does that does I don't know if a Colorado sound is a thing, but does that in, does that come out in your music? You've lived a year in Colorado. Do you ever think about being a hat act? A what? A hat act, like a like a classic, like a Tim McGraw, George Strait hat act. Like you're you're the Colorado oh, guy. Man, I love putting a cowboy hat on on occasion. I'll, that's uh, that's been kind of a, a new thing that I've I've I threw one on, and man, they're kind of addicting. 
you put a cowboy hat on and it's like it, you just turn into it's like a whole persona but I haven't thought about it too much just because I don't I don't wear hats all that much but uh man yeah when I heard Troubadour that just I mean even at, I think I was like 20 years old and I wasn't doing music that song just stuck with me so much and it felt like uh felt like it was telling me something so yeah getting them go uh live in Colorado you know I, I don't know what it is about George either but he just has that voice that I, I've studied him so much. And it's like, he's not the rangiest singer. He, he can't, you know, do everything on the spectrum. Like maybe a guy like Chris Stapleton can, who's amazing in his own right. But like George, he just, I was always drawn to his tone. And uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm, it's still an everyday pursuit of trying to figure out how to sing great in the spots that I'm comfortable in. Yeah, he's the master of that. Yeah. And when you're playing in Vail at this bar, are you making good tips? I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. What like what's a good tip on a on a Friday night? Like what like what was the biggest tip you ever got from an individual? Man, I'll tell you this. So I I came to Nashville and I learned how to hustle. So playing on Broadway, that's the whole deal. Is is you learn how to get tips. And a good night on Broadway is like I, back in the day at least. I was happy if I made like two hundred bucks or more. So like I, I would be pretty pumped. And uh, so I took kind of that same energy, took it out to Vail, where uh, if you've ever been to Vail, there are some wealthy people out there. I started, oh, I know. That's why I'm asking about the tipping situation. So I started hustling them out there. So we would play from five to nine. And then from nine to 10 was our chance to say, we're done. Like we, the, the resort is done paying us, but if you guys want us to keep playing, it's, you know, going to come out of their pockets, basically, man, in that last hour, it would be almost a hundred dollars every single song. Like we'd walk out of there. If I didn't make a grand, I was like kind of bummed. Are you serious? That's what we're talking about. Friday oh. night in that last hour, you're pulling in a grand. Yeah, it was a, it was a secret little spot, man. I had a blast living in Colorado and, you know, it, it was one of the harder decisions I had to make to leave there because I was having so much fun. I was hiking every day in the summer. Uh, in the winter, I had almost 100 days on my snowboard the, the winter I was there. I was camping. I had a, a GMC 1500 Sierra that I would throw a mattress in the back and go, you know, camp out under the stars in the wilderness. It was It was the dream for me other than I just had something tugging at my heart that I needed to get back to Nashville and, uh, and really go after it. I just I always felt like that was a moment in time that I'll forever be changed from. And, you know, that's what that was. It, I wasn't meant to stay there forever. Unless I can buy a house there someday. Then I would go back. <laughs> I, I think it's in the cards. Are you a good snowboarder? You know, I'm a, when I was out there, at about 50 days on the mountain, and I grew up snowboarding, uh, there was something that started happening at about my 50th day where I started feeling like I could attack anything. Uh, switch, regular, I was dropping pretty decent sized cliffs. I, I was feeling really confident on my board. I've torn my ACL since then. I've uh, you know gotten a little older since then, a little wiser. I just like to keep it nice and easy, find some powder, and uh, that's about it these days. That's it. You cruise. You know, my my family is a big ski family. My dad is over sixty years old, and he is a ridiculous skier, and he kicks all of our asses. 
and it freaks me out because I get very nervous about my hands that I'm gonna break a hand or something, and he just goes, he just flies. Something something about being the old wise one on the mountain who's the best the best skier snowboarder. Yeah, that's so, my dad. he's he's incredible skier, so I have to keep up with him all the time. You've got I know it's the old guys that that keep pushing us, right? What is that? That's yeah. not how it's supposed to go. So I you know I've 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 heard the story that Shane McAnally surprised you at Douglas Corner one night with a record deal, right, for Monument Records. I mean, look, that's got, these are power players in the industry, but that's a lot of pressure to say yes right there. You're on stage, power player in the industry offers you a record deal. I mean, what was that moment like? Did, did, you, did you say yes right there? I mean, I mean fill me in. What, what was happening this night? There was not even one ounce of in my whole body that had the thought of saying no. It was a it was a yes right there, and you know that's that's been a you know a really cool kind of transition of going from guys like Shane who are, you know Shane's a hero of mine. Like the, his songwriting and the, you know just his his force in this town, what he's been able to accomplish. That's a guy I look up to. He's a hero. You get. You can almost get nervous around somebody with that much gravity. But then you have to transition from, okay, you know, here's a hero of mine, but now we got to go get to work. We got to make records. We got to, you know, we got to be successful. So it, I'm, I'm, I still go through that transition because it's like, it really is. It's like being, you know, you're around a celebrity. He's incredible. But, you know, I've, I've got some things of my own that, that I'd like to accomplish as well. And I'm certainly glad to have him a part of my team. Why is he so good? Like for someone who's on the other side, you know, what does he bring to the table? Why, why does everyone love him so much? I think he brings the best of people out. Uh, so, you know, there's certain people you get in a room with. And I mean, his talent just itself is incredible. But uh, when also he can pull the best out of artists, I think that's what, you know, maybe, maybe his gift is, is being able to find an artist and then, you know, even the more time he spends around him, I think the better he gets at it. But even with the, you know, small amount of time we've spent, I, I always can tell he's, he's got a pretty good handle on what he sees I'm trying to accomplish. And he's able to pull that out of you. I've heard artists say that he makes a very comfortable environment to kind of open up around and be honest around. No judgment. Very, very comfortable, right? Is that... From the very first meeting I had with him, it was like, you know, immediately he already made me feel like I was important and loved. And, you know, it was like the nerves kind of could go away at that point. He, he lets that, you know, he pushed that to the side. So when you sign your record deal, do you kind of immediately feel, for lack of a better word, your status in the town? Does it kind of go up a little bit? Are certain people talking to you now at, at, you know, at the bars that weren't talking to you before? Does, do you feel your star rising from signing that deal? All of a sudden, certain writers are your friend because they want to get cuts. Like, like how does that work? Is it easier to date? Like, what's happening here? Well, I, you know, I, I have so much I want to accomplish. You know, I, I still feel like, I still feel like I'm, there's so much I want to go do. I don't really even focus on that that much. I try to be nice to everyone I can from the people that I, you know, first played with when I was here to, you know, up. And I think the the trick is, is finding a group of people that aren't so far out of reach that, you know, like, you know, maybe Tim McGraw is, he's, 
he's so far out of reach. Like that's not really going to be my, my squad. It's, it's guys that I'm, I've kind of been in the trenches with that we're all kind of like, and, and that can be any level. Some people who maybe some would say are behind me in my career and some ahead, but keeping it within range and, and finding your squad. And I mean, yeah, you have to find, or you have to find a balance because you can't keep up with everybody that hits you up and wants to write. It just, and that, that's tough sometimes to be like, I just don't have time right now. But for the most part, it, I just, my, that's what having a publishing deal does for you. It's like, ah, oh, they kind of book all my rights. Uh, they play the gatekeeper. If you don't want to write with someone, you just say, hey, take it out of my publisher and they'll, they'll politely turn them down. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, but as far as like my status goes, I don't know. I, I'm still just me. And um, uh, the second I, I start thinking I'm something because of what I, I have, I, I probably shouldn't be here anymore, man. It's like, I, I'll get, I would get crushed all of a sudden by sitting next to, to uh, Keith Urban playing guitar or singing next to Chris Stapleton. I would be like, all right, I, I, I'm not all that, you know, much. I got to, I'm just a, I'm gonna keep my head down and, and grind. Yeah. Kind of guy. But do your friends where you grew up in Ohio, do they, do they go, Holy crap. Teddy Robb is blowing up. Like, are they freaking out about this? Like it's also, it's a little easier to impress the hometown friends, right? Like they're, they see record deal. That's huge. That's unbelievable. I wish I could say that they, you know, are a little nicer to me now, but they're not at all. <laughs> I think, in fact, they give me more shit these days than before. Um, I know that I know deep down they're so proud and I've got an awesome community, but I would say what probably impresses them more is when I come home and every time I've ever come home, it's like I've put so much work in on songwriting and singing and playing guitar. They got to see me when you know 10 years ago when i was just picking it up and going hey what do you think of uh, this and it didn't sound very good so i think that's been if there's one thing that maybe i've been able to impress them this much on it's just that they've seen me kind of grind through all these phases of learning how to be you know become a great singer and uh, guitar player i mean that's got to be really validating because i remember being the musician kid in my where i grew up and people thought there was no way i was going to actually take that seriously and then here you are you're I mean you're taking this very seriously and you've kind of proven to break through to a certain point that's got to feel really validating right like is there anyone that like you know, right how I mean how's that feel it definitely that's felt good and it, it's just felt good because and I've always said this it's like whether the deals were coming or not and even once you have the deals there's new goals there's already always a new standard but Man, anytime I've ever been frustrated, I'm always just like, well, I'm just going to keep getting better. And there will come a day where if I spend, you know, maybe it's 10,000 hours, maybe it's 20,000 hours, but there will come a time where I just, you know, I believe you won't be able to be ignored anymore. I, I just think that's the whole, whole thing of it all. It's just keep, keep grinding. Uh, when things aren't going your way, Maybe you just need to work a little harder, improve your voice, improve your singing, your or your playing, your songwriting. Just keep at it, and I I see those those doors start to open. That's really validating that what I'm the work I'm putting in is paying off. And does your family freak out? I know you have a little brother, right? I mean, do they freak out, or are they like, eh, Tay's doing his thing, whatever? <laughs> I think they're really proud. Yeah, I think my family's super proud. Uh, but they all they all pretty much treat me the same have there been any moments that you've been able to 
do with your family because you're now in the industry, like maybe take them to a concert backstage or something, anything cool that's come out of this that, you know, that you were able to do for your mom, introduce her to her favorite artist or whatever it is, anything special? You know, yeah, introduce them to some artists and things like that maybe, but I think those moments are going to come uh, once this pandemic kind of uh, lets up a bit there's going to be some really cool things that maybe I'll be able to do for them. But man, things started happening fast. 2019, I was on radio tour and man, there wasn't a lot of time for family while I was on radio tour as, as much as, Oh, I got to, uh, we did the today show. So they got to meet like Hoda and Jenna. That was you had, you brought them to the today show. That's yeah. an early wake up call, right? That's like that. Yeah. I mean, you, that and that happened early. That was, I think we, you know, that was a great job by my publicist uh, Casey to get us that and uh, to have that that early. And we, you know, November twenty nineteen, go back. I'm playing the Today Show, and I got to introduce my parents to Hoda and Jenna. I think that was a very that's a big moment, moment for them. Yeah, that's like this is not this is the real deal. This is this is happening here. Okay, this is yeah. so. Okay, this song. Really shouldn't drink uh, about you. How how do you get pitched the song? Who how's this? How do you hear the song for the first time? I heard really shouldn't drink around you from Shane. It's a song him, Trevor Rosen, and uh, Josh Osborne wrote that uh, I think they just always really believed in, and it just some some great songs slipped through the cracks. And you know, I want to be an artist that uh, you know I write almost every day, I've written hundreds of songs, but when the head of your label comes to you with a great song and believes in it, you know, I, I that's think a lot a of pressure to cut the song. When the head of the label brings you the song that he's a writer on, it's a lot of pressure to, to cut that, to at least like the song. Right. Yeah. And if I didn't like it, I would have told him, you know, Hey, this just isn't for me. And I've done that, but I heard gin and platonic and I was like, that's pretty fun. And at the time I was, man, that, that first EP, I was going through kind of a, like a breakup slash just a confusing relationship. And so I kind of wanted that piece in there that was a fun version of it. Cause I had like, tell me how and lead me on and me on you. And, and these songs that were like, there was tension in every one and then really shouldn't drink around you was like the fun version of that, of all those put together. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, you know, that, and that's like the beauty of Shane is he gets it. He saw what I was trying to put together and saw, you know, saw an opportunity for a song like that. I love that line, Jim Platonic. How, how good is that? And then, okay, so the single that's going to radio right now, Heaven on Dirt, this is a really fun song. And this, I feel like this kind of has some of that Colorado feeling to it. Again, I don't know what that is, but I feel a little Colorado vibe in this. I, I mean, what, how, how, how does the song come across your table? I mean, some of your friends wrote, wrote this, right? Do they send it to you or how, how do you hear this song? So this song was on hold with Jake Owen and then it was also on hold with Blake Shelton. And then I heard this song. And uh, It was already on hold by the time you heard it. Yeah. And you we thought went, this was unattainable. Yes. And then... Uh, we went and were able to get it back because we wanted to make we wanted to single it and uh, the writers were on board thank god they believed in me to cut it and uh here we are uh you know at radio with it and it's just doing amazing things right now 
And have, have you like had any, I mean, it's a little harder in quarantine because we're not out and about, but have you had any moments where you've heard this thing on the radio? Or has anyone else heard it and like texted you in the car? I bet I've heard it 15 times on the radio. Yeah, where, where do you hear it? Where do you hear it? In my car. Uh, I've heard it in different towns and uh, just driving to the park in Nashville. Uh, I mean, I've got to the point where it's like I hang up the phone and, you know, uh, it'll just be on. So I'm like almost starting to be like, I think I'm going to hear it today or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just been I mean, that's, I, I can't even explain it. As you can tell, I just, I don't have words for that. How many days do you spend in the studio recording a song? Is it quick? Do you get it done quick? You got the great, you got the best players and then you hop in, you sing the vocal and you're done. So we record Heaven on Dirt March 12th, I think, in the studio. It was like the day before they all shut down. I FaceTimed into it. Uh, this is the day before it shut down. So this is pretty early. This is like everybody's going, coronavirus is here. And everybody's freaking out, but we have this song and we're like, we're, can, how fast can we get in the studio? So we get in, I don't even go. I, I'm FaceTiming in while they're uh, recording it. It gets done recorded, uh, you know, at the studio. And then I had a small group of people that I stayed in touch with through everything, like maybe my manager and a producer and, you know, one or two other people. And that was it for at least a month. But during that time, I went over to my producer's house, sang the vocal on it, uh, just cut it like we would any other song. The only difference was is that I wasn't there the day we recorded it. So when you FaceTime in, are you on FaceTime for the entire session? Are you sort yeah. prop you up in, in the control room or where, where do you go? You're in the control room listening in? Yeah, I'm just in the control room listening. I mean, I remember being in there when they, when Ilya played the bomb, 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 ba dum da, and every I, I got to see it from you know from my computer. Everyone lighting up over that, and uh, you know I got to be a part of it just in a in a 2020 kind of way. And then you sing the vocal at your at your producer's house, and you just get up. How I mean, what was that look like to do, to do a vocal for the song? Does it come out pretty quick? You know, some days there's magic and, and some days there's not when you go in to cut a vocal. This one, I think I took a, a few swings at it, maybe a day or so. And then, do you have like a time of day that you think your voice sounds best? Like, do you like to sing in the morning or the evening? I, it usually opens up a little bit more in the afternoon if I got to sing high, which that, you know, that chorus pretty, is pretty, like that, the range of the song is pretty big. So uh, I'm sure I cut it in the evening. Sometime in the evening, this song is getting cut. This is an evening song. This is supposed to be played at a bar in Colorado. This yeah. is a this is a great song. This is a real because I was trying to listen. I was listening to everything, and this is like this feels good. This has got an open range, I'm out on the range kind of feeling. This is yeah. This, this is a good song. What's the, so you went to Kent State? Is that true? I graduated from Kent State. Yeah, graduated from Kent State. The only thing I know about Kent State is is the uh, uh, four dead in Ohio. That I mean, like that's like the big historical thing about Kent State. Of course, they did they ever talk about that when you're there? Do you ever take a class on that? Does anyone mention it? Is that ever mentioned there? How what what's the vibe? Man, we talked about it a little, but not much. You know, I, I, that's not the first thing I think of 
when I think of Kent State, but a lot of people it is. And I'm actually impressed that you know that about that because there's a lot of people that don't even know that. But man, I had some teachers that were really influential on telling me to go chase my dreams. I started playing guitar and singing so in, in college and like before class would start, I'd be in a business class and I would have a teacher who would say, all right, Teddy, come up and sing a song before we get started today. And so I would. And that really? Was, those were some of the first audiences I was playing for. So the like Kent before, State College, the, the students. Yeah. Yep. So I would sit in class and sing a song and then we'd, you know, uh, we'd watch. And then I had a teacher who was like, so, you know, we did a uh, kind of a, what are you going to be in, you know, when you grow up, it, take money, take everything out of it. Just wildest dreams. What you, would you be in? Uh, I told one of my teachers that I was going to be a songwriter in Nashville and I had no business saying that at the time, but he's, he's like, have you ever played music in public? I was like, no. And, uh, he, but he knew I'd been playing in his class and whatever. He saw me carrying my guitar around. I just started carrying it everywhere. And, uh, because you just, every moment you would want to play it or because you identified with that, yeah. it, it felt cool to carry that guitar around. I mean, I carried a guitar everywhere with me. I mean, is that you're just bringing it everywhere? It was everything I could do to graduate college because all I wanted to do was sit down and play guitar. And uh, so I, was, I started taking it to school with me. I started even taking classes. While I was finishing my business degree, I was taking piano and guitar and voice lessons. And, uh, but that teacher, he goes, well, why don't you go do an open mic and see if you actually like it? So I did. Uh, went and did just like a little wednesday night open mic where you go and sing three songs and man it just set my soul on fire i couldn't get enough of that like i was looking up next thing i was looking up every open mic i could go to and that turned into a paid gig which you know turned into weekends which led me to wanting to go to nashville this so, teacher who is this guy do you keep in touch with this guy Man, I had, yeah, this guy's name was Greg Blundell. He's from South Africa. And when I got my record deal, I think that was maybe the last time I talked to him, but I called him and let, to let him know, hey man, I, I got, I'm, you know, I'm signing a record deal. I, I'm, I'm doing it. And he was really proud. That, I mean, I, I have a lot of this to thank to Kent State. They were, uh, I mean, the teachers, the way that they just encouraged me to follow my dreams when I was, you know, just a kid from Akron trying to get a business degree at the time, it seemed, you know, just something impossible. But are you, were you kind of the cool guy with the guitar trying to do this music? And I mean, I went to music school, so got the person with the guitar was the last person you wanted to talk to, but you were kind of like, were you the cool guy with the guitar? Were you like standing out at parties playing guitar? Like what's, like what's going on here? I don't, I don't know if I, I was the cool guy with the guitar. I wouldn't say that. I was, uh, I was the guy that, that wanted to be the cool guy with the guitar maybe, but I, I definitely wasn't in, uh, you know, it's funny cause everybody's like, Oh, you, you know, you pick up a guitar to, to be able to get the girls. And what I realized pretty quickly was like, it doesn't work that it doesn't work that well. You have to be so good to, for that to happen. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I can't, I cannot try this anymore. This isn't working. Uh, so it just became all about the love of music and the pursuit of that because, uh, yeah, that's a myth that in the beginning you can get the girls with the guitar. It's uh, it is a myth. Why that that was so hard to swallow when that that I didn't the, like it either. That's <laughs> not the, in fact it it doesn't work at all. It, it's a repellent, if anything. I uh, know they're like, oh, he doesn't have it together. I think that's what they thought. That's what uh, very very depressing. Very depressing.
What is what what is like your if you could cut a George Strait song and make your own? What's the song you're gonna cut? Is the is the troubadour the song? Man, that it could be. Uh, I ain't her cowboy anymore. Man, I love that song. Uh, I'd love to have a fun one. I you know they call me the fireman. That would be that would be pretty cool. Run would be an awesome one. Amarillo by morning. Gosh. Check yes or no. I mean, I, I would was just want to do them all. Like, if I could do a record of all, like, George Strait hits, maybe we'll pitch that to my label. That'd be kind of cool. Look, I think that's a good idea. A Teddy Rob George Strait record. Have you, I, have you, ever, have you ever had any kind of interaction with him, or have you ever, have, like, even been in a room with him? No. Nope. Uh, but, um, you know, I got some songs that I'd like him to sing on someday. That's hearing his song on a record is pretty mind blowing. If if you ever did, like, I can't even imagine what that's like for the people that get their songs cut by George Strait. That's got to be out of control. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be a dream come true. Uh, but I just would love to meet him and 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 be around him for a second. Uh, here's some kid. He has no idea who I am, but he's been he's played a really big part in me dreaming about doing this and everything. So thanks, George. How cool is that? Um, have you been doing any fishing lately? Any hunting? I know you're a big hunter fisher. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't been doing any fishing, unfortunately. I mean, maybe the last time was uh, when I, I was home not too long ago. So little when I went home. But uh, man, I've been hiking. I've been. Uh, I've been at the park. Where do you go to hike around Nashville? Where Where are the good hiking spots? I just think go to the Percy Warner Stairs. That's a great place to start. Have you ever been there? I've been, yes, I've been around that area. What are the stairs? Is that a, is that a place? And they just redid them. They're gorgeous. Uh, it's like if you do a lap of them seven times, you can get a thousand vertical feet. So I do that a lot. But man, with that, you can go up the stairs and then hit all kinds of different trails. Anything from a two mile trail to up to 11 and anything in between you can just kind of find it and uh so man i've been we've had some amazing weather in nashville this year and i've been at the park almost every day uh i've been spending a lot of time doing that and being outside i think i've been outside more this year than ever but no no hunting or fishing i go on a fishing trip up to canada every year that's like that's my that's my thing is uh going for walleye did you go this year Order was closed, man. So uh, couldn't go, of course. Yeah, yeah. I just think that means I got to go twice next year, or three. You got to go twice next year. Bring some writers. Turn it. Turn into a work trip. Oh yeah. Turn turn into a retreat. Teddy, what's been unsaid? Have we said it all? What's been unsaid here? What have we left out? Fishing, Percy Warner. You got climbing steps. Are you gonna play guitar later today? Is is that what's gonna happen? Do, do you just I sit thought- around practice working on songs? Man, I've got a round this evening. I, Where are you I playing? Know, I'm playing to the listening room. The listening room. Okay, yeah. Man, I, I, I just think, and I've been saying this over and over, I'm just really saying it that I'm ready for live music to come back, but I don't want to wish this time away. I've gotten myself into some habits that have been incredible for me. I think it's really important before you let the world into your day in the morning have that time to you know whatever your own meditation is mine is having a cup of coffee and playing guitar for 30 45 minutes so I, i've started that habit and in, in reading and you know having that morning time and then in the evening kind of doing the same thing that's been uh 
my pursuit through this whole thing is like, all right, I want to take some time and, and work on myself personally and not just career. And, uh, that's, that's what I've knew. And I would encourage a lot of people to find that time in the morning before you turn your phone on, before you, uh, let the social media get into your day, have some time with yourself. I think that's really, really important. And it's been something that, you know, for me has helped me get through this. And I'm actually at a point where I'm enjoying my days more and more every day. What do you read? What do you like to read? Man, the last book that I just read that's on my mind is uh, it's green called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Great book. I laughed, I cried, I the whole thing. It's just and I listened to it on audiobook because Matthew's reading it to me. So basically, Matthew McConaughey's been reading me to sleep lately. It's you know. By the way, some of those stories he tells about his his father and his parents in in the early days of when when he was growing up, some of those stories are absolutely mind blowing. Un- unreal like it's it's uh you can see why he's such a great actor because he was getting trained to be an actor from the time he was a little kid i love it's the un- one home that his mom made him plagiarize and she's like do you believe it it's and his parents because his dad if he ever said he, he couldn't do something or if he ever said i can't do this his dad would beat the crap out of him physically yeah. right i mean that is <laughs> that yeah. that was blowing my mind okay yeah that do you read a lot of like do you like to read like biographies or autobiographies of people is that I like do, a- yeah that's kind of my thing with artists too is like i'll find an artist like like george and just spend two months learning nothing but their stuff and trying to figure out what makes them work and so I, i've i've always kind of done that with different like heroes of mine and want to find out everything i can and you know, that's been another thing about this this time is being able to zoom in on songs and, you know, find a find a song I love, learn it, learn who produced it, learn the tempos, the keys, the why they wrote the lyric, everything about one thing. And that's been a really cool thing about this year is that I, everything slowed down enough to do that. Absolutely. Okay, Teddy Robb, The Listening Room Tonight. Who's on the bill? Who are you playing with? I'm playing with, uh, with Chuck Wicks. He's uh, he's hosting it, uh, and uh, Cameron Marlowe, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Is, it, is this the first time you've played in front of people in a minute, or ha- have you done a couple of these? I've just done a couple listening rooms. That's about it, and uh, I'm I'm all for it, man. It's, it's are you pumped for this? this? Is this like are are you, you can't wait to get out and play songs for a couple people or you know, fifty hundred people? I'm going to get a shot of a drug tonight for sure, man. I, I'll like. I'm, I live to perform. This is a big um, deal. This is, are you, are you going to spend the day getting ready for this mentally? Like this is a, because if you got a show tonight, you've got to, you can't be too exhausted. You can't do too much mental work, right? You've got to kind of, you've got to get zoned up to play tonight, right? Is are, are you going to kind of just mentally get in the zone for the next couple hours or like, what, what are you going to do leading up to this? I'm probably going to go get a workout in. And, uh, I'll, you know, I've already this morning got what I want to play and stuff ready. That's, man, I just, I keep saying this, but this year has given me the opportunity to just prepare, prepare for things, whether it's around or a show or whatever. So I'm not like, I'm already pretty much locked in for tonight. I'm You're just a professional. You're a professional. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I, I miss playing music so much. Uh, I've had to, it's, it's like having to learn how to have your favorite thing in the world taken away from you and something that, you know, I, I worked 
10 years every day relentlessly to be able to be a good entertainer. And that's been something we've had to learn to live without a little bit this year. So get to go play tonight. It's just, I'm very excited. Teddy Rob at the listening room. This is going to be, this is going to be a great show. Are you coming? Be long. And what, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Let me know. <laughs> if you want to come, you're invited. I'll get you in. Well, get me. I haven't gone, you know, I haven't gone to the listening room yet since they've opened up. Cause I'm very COVID nervous. I'm convinced I'm going to get it. I'm a hypochondriac on a good day. I think I'm going to get it. So I've been avoiding the listening room, but there's been some tempting nights that I've thought about going and um, everyone's telling me I got to go. Maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll come. Well, well I don't want to be the one that tells you <laughs> and then get COVID. <laughs> yeah. You'd feel horrible if I got COVID after that, but it'd be, it, maybe, maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll come. Listening room tonight. I haven't seen a show. That, I haven't seen a show trying to think if I've seen anything. No, I haven't seen a show during this entire pandemic. Yeah. The last well, show I saw was uh, Sky McCreary at the Ryman Auditorium. Wow. Well, you, you uh, seem like a, a healthy guy. You know, it's definitely... No, no, me. I'm, I'm very unhealthy. No, oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, you didn't strike me as that. But, uh, and I, I just think that it's, it's definitely something to take precautions and everything. But there's, you know, there is just so How many people are in the listening room when you play these shows? Like, like is it half empty, half full? Like, like what's happening? That's what they're saying is it's, uh, you know, at half capacity. So I don't know how many people fit in the listening room, but maybe 75, 100. Like half capacity. Half, yeah, it might be 150 normal and it's somewhere around there. But it, it's like, it feels good. Uh, there, it feels like it's a show. There's people there. Everyone's just kind of spread out. This is, look, well, I'm, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to consider it. Think about it. If you want to come, we'll get you in. Uh, but... If you get COVID, it's not my fault. I, I have to sign a waiver beforehand. Did you watch any yeah. of the election coverage last night? By the time this comes out, we'll probably know who won. But do, were, you, were you following any of it? Or were you like, I'm tuning this out? I, I can't deal. I, I followed a little bit, uh, but, you know, had, had some other things on my mind. I was having a, a pretty fun night. So we, but we tuned in. And, uh, man, I just, whatever happens, I'm uh, personally, I don't want to lose sleep either way. I, I know it's a really important election and, you know, I, I just am, uh, I don't want to lose friends either way. I respect everyone's opinion and, uh, you know, have my own beliefs and I'm just, uh, I'm ready to get through it, honestly, whatever that may be and take steps to, to get back to living a little bit more normal in life. You're having a fun night last night. What's, what's that mean? Hanging out with friends or what's, what's going on yeah. last night? <laughs> good good times yeah it was it was a good night it had maybe a little bit of wine uh you know just prepping for tonight you know prepping for tonight the listening room teddy rob playing the listening room tonight i'm bummed that by the time this comes out the event will be over no one will be able to go who listens to this it's gonna be packed though they're selling these things out this is every, everybody's coming to the listening room it's gonna be a great night teddy rob have we i think we've said it all what what's been unsaid have we said it all I think we this got is, everything. This is your chance. What's been, what, what do we need to plug? We've got, we've got the radio single. You've got to listen to this thing. Heaven on Dirt. This is out now. You're going to hear it on the radio, but check this thing out on Spotify because this is a great song. And I want you to listen to this. I want you to picture Teddy at a bar in Vail singing his songs. He's climbing mountains. He's snowboarding. And this song could have been in his headphones while he was, this is the, this could be the soundtrack to Teddy Robb's time in Vail, Colorado. I, I just want you to picture that. Young Teddy Robb 
in Colorado as you're listening to Heaven on Dirt. He's tearing it up. Kit Teddy, thanks for coming on. This has been a blast. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, and I, I hope we get to hang soon. When, uh, when all this does settle, seriously, no pressure to come tonight. Uh, <laughs> when, it, when everything settles, I, I can't wait to hang. Maybe we play some guitars, wh whatever it may be. I, I've really enjoyed today. Absolutely. We'll break the guitars out. I've got a great telly over here. The Nash stuff, the Nash guitars are, are awesome. Uh, you'll have to, you'll have to play it, man. It, it's just, it's a dream. It's, it's, uh, it's that thing, and that just looks classic. That is a classic, which is what he does really well. He just makes classic looking tellies. The neck is worn. Look at that neck's got feel incredible. It does. It may come like this too. Like that's not for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Teddy, stay well. Crush the listening room tonight. And we'll see you on the other side. See you, man. Thanks. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to Teddy for taking the time to come on to the show. And by the way, in case you're wondering, I did not make it to the listening room. I know I should have gone, but COVID, it's a global pandemic. I, I, I chickened out. I didn't go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Invite me next time, Teddy. I would love to be there next time. Doing the best I can here. Okay, that's enough. The Zach Kuhn Show is mixed by Sam Heyman, and our theme music is by Justin Johnson. If you want more content from us, you can subscribe to my newsletter at nashvillebriefing.com, or you can follow us on socials, everything at Nashville Briefing. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye.